0: Welcome to We Are Listening, the podcast that aims to enable natural healing for you. I am your host, Pulkit Garg, founder of Anya Wellness. And in today's episode, we delve into a crucial aspect of emotional well-being. And for this, we are joined by an extraordinary guest, Anna Caterina Florio, a coach, mentor and a healer who specializes in supporting men through the challenging journey of divorce or separation but before we delve into our insightful conversation with anna let's take a moment to reflect on the profound impact of emotional challenges that men have to face a topic very seldom discussed and you know one of the things that anna shared while we were preparing for this episode was that in the uk a staggering number of or you know a percentage of 73% of suicides in 2020 were committed by men alone which clearly highlights the urgency and importance of addressing the emotional well-being of men. Enam, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Hello, thank you so much for inviting me to this amazing podcast. So for me, there is one main problem. Children are raised in different ways when it comes to emotions. And that means that boys are told don't cry, for example. Now. If a child's natural reaction is to cry, why would you block that? What you are actually telling them is you are not allowed to express your emotions. But then when they grow up, we get upset because we like, why aren't you showing your emotion? Why do I always have to ask you how you feel? Why do you never tell me what you feel? Which is a contradiction with everything that they've been taught since they were children. Right? Mm-hmm. So. Think about it this way. I was just thinking about it in preparation for today. When a child makes a mistake, what's the first thing? Go somewhere, think about it. How does the child receive it? If I make mistakes, I will not be loved and I will be pushed away. Right? We grow up. What are girls taught? If your boyfriend, husband, whatever doesn't behave in a way that you like I'm not talking about abuse I'm not talking about violence nothing like that I'm just talking about typical relationship issues Mm -hmm. the first thing we do we withdraw love we withdraw affection and we withdraw physical touch yes confirming to that child that he's not allowed to cry he's not allowed to show his emotion and whenever he's making mistakes Is going to be pushed away why are we not creating a safe space for both partners to be themselves to make mistakes but not being thrown out every single time they do something that is not appreciated because sometimes we make genuine mistakes you know you probably heard about the five love languages the people that haven't heard about it it's words of affirmation so things like i love you i care about you you know you're so important to me etc acts of service from taking the rubbish out to going to pick up the kids at school if it was on your turn and things like that Mm -hmm. receiving gifts quality time and physical touch now one of the biggest problems if my love language is physical touch so it means if you hug me, to me, it means you love me. <laughs> and I am having a problem with my partner and my partner pushes me away. I immediately feel unloved. But if that was an issue when I was growing up, it will have a bigger effect on me and I will have a bigger response. Because to me, it means much more than you being been upset with me. And so you create in the couple this kind of snowballing effect, right? Yep. So the problem is when we talk to each other, first of all, lots of people don't even know what their love language is. So say my love language is receiving gifts, but your love language is telling you I love you. I keep on giving you gifts which don't mean much to you, You keep on not telling me what I need to hear. And we both believe that we don't love each other because it's not true. It's just we're speaking different languages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So when a man has been told since childhood, don't show affection in a too much like open way. Don't cry. Don't show your emotions. How are we then expecting him to be a fully mature and capable man, if we kept on cutting off things from him from when he was a child. And -hmm. the problem is that other men are telling the younger men, don't do this, don't do that. So it's passed on generation to generation. And I find that super upsetting, but for a very simple reason. We are teaching the younger generations that is not okay to talk, to the point that 73% of men kill themselves. How desperate must you be to kill yourself? How isolated must you feel? Do you see what I mean?
0: No, I totally, you know, I can relate to what you're saying, Anna. And uh, there's this stigma, generational stigmas, uh, you know, and the time it goes back it's pretty long where Mm. men are discouraged from expressing their emotions openly even in the Indian society uh, you know whenever there is a man or a boy as you just rightly mentioned in the childhood or during the teens when a boy is expressing and if they are probably crying they say that men don't cry and that just sort of becomes a conditioning for them that whenever they are feeling upset or whenever they are feeling pain they don't cry. They just hold it all back uh, within themselves. And yes. Often remain silent about their struggles. You know, you rightly mentioned that there needs to be a culture of open communication. and yes. The love language needs to be identified. So if you can, you know, help our listeners understand how can one identify their love language, like you shared five different uh, signs, uh, types of love language. How can so, I get to know which is my love language?
1: Okay. The way you love to be loved. Say for me, I'm Italian. I'm passionate. I had an English boyfriend long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. He would never say, I love you. He was doing all the things. He was buying the presents. You know, he was doing acts of service, all the other things. But he wouldn't say, I love you. And I really had to explain to him, if you don't tell me I love you, to me, you don't love me fully. So, Mm -hmm. for example when do you feel happiest with which behavior that you are receiving for me for example um quality time that's a big one for me Mm -hmm. so you know if you tell me you love me but then you never have time for me i see it as you don't love me enough in the way that i want to be loved so for example for you when do you feel most loved is it like Quality time is a physical touch. You know, being Italian, we hug a lot. So, if you are very cold and distant, for me means you don't love me fully.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Which, of course, is not the truth because you might adore me, you just don't show it in a language that I can translate as love.
0: Yep, yep.
1: So, for example, for yourself, what is the way that you feel most loved? In
0: which expression? Got it. And how do you know, men can actually communicate this to their partners, uh, to their spouses? Because that, I believe, even if I realize and I'm able to identify my love language, but how do I actually communicate it to somebody else and as you rightly mentioned, uh, somewhere or the other, the cultural differences might also have a role to play. Always.
1: Yes, cultural difference, even within the same country we have huge differences so say for example me and you are in a relationship Mm -hmm. Um, I love to be told that I that you love me because to me that means love okay when you tell me I love you I tell you you know Polkit I appreciate so much when you tell me that you make me feel loved. You make me feel cherished. You confirm that all the actions that you're doing are actually, you know, true love towards me and everything. So I need to be able to confirm to you this is the right language for me. Got it. So uh, affirmations, you know, I used to have the famous English boyfriend. He was like, I will never give you flowers because when I used to be with my ex-wife, every time I gave her flowers, she would say, what have you done? Right? And yes, at the time, he was a womanizer as well. So she had every right to ask, what have you done? Why are you bringing flowers home? But what I did was, I said, no, I'm different. Don't put me in the same category because we are two different women and you you are different with me compared to how you were with her. So Mm -hmm. the first time he gave me, I still remember, he gave me, it was Valentine's and bought me some lilies that we didn't know what color they were going to be when they would open up. And the first one that opened up, it was like if I just had the whole amount of flowers in England delivered to me. I took pictures. I called him. Can you see how beautiful it is? I am so happy. Look at your flowers and this and that. And until the last one of the lilies bloomed, I kept on going on and on and on how much I love this present, etc. From that moment, he kept on buying me flowers every two minutes because he felt that there was a good feedback. You oh, see, me. yeah. So oh. very often is you know you give me something and I go oh yeah right. Next time you don't feel like doing it again, do you? Yes. So it's important that we are aware of the efforts, even the small efforts, because we as humans love to be rewarded for something that we do well. And people that expect just to, oh you should know I love you. That's one of the most silly things that anybody can say. Because if I'm asking you, do you love me? It means you are not loving me in the language that I need. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have doubts about whether you love me or not. So, And it's all about the emotional challenges. You see, we are not used to have proper conversations, open conversations. Now, if me and you are having a row for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. If I feel that you don't create a safe space for me to express myself, and this is for men as well, don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. Say, you go, you come to me, we are a couple, you come to me, and every time you come to me, I shout at you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How often do you want to keep on coming back to me and express that you think there is an issue? If instead of sitting down and listening, not to defend myself, but to understand where you're coming from, what's going on. If I don't create that safe space, sooner or later, you will not come to me to talk. And the relationship will have a big impact. And this is for men and women. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You see? Yep. Yep. So the important thing is, why are we emotionally disconnected? I don't feel safe talking to you because I think you will tell me all sorts of things. You will probably be very aggressive or you will say hurtful thing that has got nothing to do with what we're discussing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep on coming to you. You see, if me and you have a row and I stop making love to you and we're not talking about, as I said, we're not talking about, you know, um, Relationship where there is violence, where there is abuse, all that is a completely different category. Here we're just talking about normal relationships, right? Yep. But yep. if I take away, say for example, your love language is physical touch. Mm-hmm. The first thing I do, I don't even rub your back. I don't even caress your face. I don't even get close to you because you are annoying me. The first thing you will feel, Anna doesn't love me. Not because I stopped loving you, but because I stopped giving you the demonstration of love that to you means love. Yep. And that means that you will feel hurt, you will feel rejected, but also you will start building resentment. And the little bit of resentment today and a little bit of resentment in one week, it piles up and the main reason one of the main reasons of divorce is unspoken expectations so every time you don't do what i think you should be doing i get resentful towards you but if i didn't tell you in the first place and you don't have a crystal ball how do i expect you to know what i want yep you know that stupid thing the girl said you should know well if he did know and if he was a conscious man, we're not talking about someone who's playing like a child. Mm-hmm. But if he did know, don't you think he would do it instead of going through all this trouble?
0: Well, why not? And you know, you rightly pointed out that unspoken expectations can really create significant challenges and differences in a relationship. But yes. how can men really identify and address these expectations in a relationship? And let's cater to both the genders, men as well as women. How can, uh, you know, they really identify, goes for all the genders out there.
1: A simple question, ask the other person. How can I love you in a way that makes you feel loved more? And the person will tell you, if you created the safe space when I can talk and I'm not going to have retaliation and I'm not going to have vengeance. I'm not going to have, you know, oh, because you told me that you throw it back on my face when I'm opening up in a vulnerable space, I will tell you
0: exactly what I need. But uh, isn't it uh, also the responsibility of the other half to Very much. help uh, the other person navigate this? Like I'm just, uh, you know, to bring in the analogy where I'm coming from. Let's say, uh, you know, we both start communicating. Now we both know English. That's the common love language. Uh, you know, over here, that's a common language we both know. But let's just uh, uh, consider a scenario where I only knew Hindi and you only knew Italian. How yes. would have we communicated? Wouldn't it have been both of our responsibilities to help each other to navigate into a common language and start communication around that?
1: Absolutely, a thousand percent is just, is both person's responsibility to grow, to develop, to explain to the other, because, you know, you cannot read inside me and I cannot explain to you who I am, if I am not looking inside me first. Mm -hmm. So it's super important that we both put the work and, you know, in Kabbalistic, you know, Kabbalah, the ancient Jewish tradition, they say that in a relationship, for a relationship to work, My only concern must be how to make you happy. Your only concern must be how to make me happy. And if we ever have a clash, instead of thinking what's in it for me, we think what is the best for our relationship. And listen to this, the good of all the people involved.
0: uh, Just one point to evolving from our discussion that's been going on. Mm-hmm. even if the couple has been able to identify the common grounds of their love language this particular communication channel is often impacted by the people in the surroundings the in-laws at both the ends yes or the yes. friends at both the ends how do they really impact and you know over a period of time that love language that communication channel starts to have dents coming into picture or getting influenced By the perception of our, you know, the so-called people we love or they love us. You know, other family members, other friends. How do we really navigate that particular gap?
1: Okay, first of all, if me and you have a row, and I go around to my friends, my family, the people that know us, and start badmouthing you, just highlighting how bad you are, And I don't tell them that a week before you've been holding me while I was crying. And I don't tell them that you've been doing all sorts of extra things when I was under pressure because I had an assignment to finish or anything like that. Mm -hmm. What I am doing, I'm creating a biased version of you with all these people. And obviously, because they love me, what they want is for me to be happy. So what I'm doing by having a temporary, um, you know, letting off steam, I'm creating a false version of you that 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 will stick in their mind. So you know when they say, what happens in Vegas, stay in Vegas. What happens in your marriage? Be careful who you go and start shouting from the rooftops. Oh, you know, Polkit is so bad, you know what he's done and this and that. Mm -hmm. Because they will have a biased idea of you and will give me suggestions on the warped version of you that I gave them. So before I go and speak to everybody else, have I sat down with you and discussed it openly in a safe space, you because know, sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. I thought that's what you wanted, but it's not.
0: You know, coming on to one point, uh, where today the laws that surround divorce or women's safety are a lot, uh, you know, in the favor of women, and often men who have not been moving on that particular road are living in a fear and scars of societal judgments in this context refraining from speaking the love language and again, as you rightly mentioned, I'm uh, not considering the people who go to the extreme levels uh, but the normal daily life men have started to hide their fears and uh, you know uh, hide their uh, emotions because of these laws as well. What's What are your thoughts around that? You
1: see, first of all, there are little rules that we create at the beginning of the relationship that we don't even pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, the first time me and you have a row, you start calling me stupid or you start insulting me in any way, shape or form. I'm not telling you are putting a finger on me, but you are having an aggressive behavior towards me. If I don't do anything about it in your subconscious, you're gonna think that that's okay
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yep. If the first time we have a row, I start shouting at you and you let me, in my mind, I think, oh, if we're having a row, it's okay to shout. Okay? So many men, unfortunately, have not been taught how to treat their women properly because we come from a society where things like calling your wife stupid was normal. Mm-hmm. So... The child learns by example, not by what you tell them. If I see my dad shouting at my mom and my mom takes it, I will shout at my wife. <laughs> so we're going back to the roots. Nobody is stopping and saying from what I learned from my parents, what is it still good and what needs to be either changed or discarded. And men very often don't have role models that tell them hey we need to you know we update the law because it doesn't work anymore why can't we update traditions so that they support the way their life is now so for me for a man a man needs to see what am i doing am i created? because the traditional role of men is to provide protect and mm-hmm. proclaim This is my woman, I love her so much, right? Yep. And instinctively, that's what we expect of men. Mm -hmm. However, provide is not just financial, provide is emotional. But if I damage that child, how can I expect him to provide emotionally for his partner? When it's a bit like he's a puzzle and some pieces have been taken out but we expect them to give the full picture you see but it's also the responsibility of the man to see where can i improve myself how can i be a better lover a better partner a better father and we are a work in progress so this is not about judgment this is the same like you got your car and all of a sudden one of the lights go off you're not gonna go oh that's insulting how could that happen you just go okay is the oil okay are the tire pressures fine you know what's wrong with the engine and we fix it there's no judgment in that but in relationships all of a sudden it becomes oh you know you've done this you've done that and pointing fingers and then why would i want to feel i want to change it when all i'm getting is judgment So, men have been getting away with not being too aware of themselves because they had other roles. Like, oh, it's just going to work. Very good, but when you come here, what are you creating? Because you are not just working. You are creating a family, you are creating a a tribe, really. So, as the head of your family, how are you behaving? Are you coming home and say, oh, I'm tired and you're ignoring everybody and then you don't understand why your children don't come and talk to you but they only come and talk to the mom? You see what I mean? So it's about awareness. It's about looking at ourselves from outside and thinking, okay, where can I be a better man? Where can I be a better woman? Am I being a really good friend to the person that I'm married to or that I'm in a relationship with? You know, if she was only my friend, would I treat her the way I'm treating her now? Or would I treat her better? So if I would treat her better, what can I do now to improve things? Mm Because you see, the way women love, it's almost like we keep an emotional score. Men are much more in the moment. But we both build resentment. And sometimes we don't even realize until you have the blazing row. So, yeah. it's about being more observant as a
0: mm-hmm. man. First of them. all,
1: you need to know who you want to be. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and then yeah. how close am I to that model?
0: So, I would just like to build on to this particular point you just mentioned of being observant and, you know, uh, providing for the family. Yes. When while men might be observant or they might be aware, their role for providing for the family often doesn't give them the luxury of time to act on that observation or that awareness that they have you know, achieved or they have been able to build over a period of time. And that sort of turns into a resentment from the other half in the marriage, saying that you're not providing enough time, enough love, enough affection. Mm-hmm. There are multiple scenarios that you know sort of arise out of this. Of which are not good for the marriage and often men are blamed for it if they are not providing then they're also blamed if they are providing then they are blamed for uh, not providing enough time and love how can you know men navigate this path for their own individual emotional intelligence and two how can they come together as a couple the men and the women uh, to you know really evolve from this particular place
1: okay First of all, we all have the same 24 hours a day yep. and it's, are you using your time effectively? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So say for example, sometimes when we come home, we're just in the routine. Oh, hello. Hi, how was your day? Fine. But it's not really a discussion. How mm-hmm. about you make it a special time, the first 10 minutes that you come home, just to hug your wife. And really mean it when you say, How was your day? And she will do exactly the same. So what you do is you create the first 10 minutes of quality time. Then you know there are the children, there's the dinner, there's whatever arrangement we need to do, etc. But those 10 minutes, you are putting it in your love bank account. Mm-hmm. If, for example, you love your wife and you are thinking about her during the day. It takes 20 seconds just to send a quick message saying, I'm thinking about you, I love you, see you tonight. But do you know how important that message is? Because when you come home, you're tired, you had a long day at work, you know, because we don't expect work to be all happy and fairy lights and whatever. We know there are challenges, we know it's stressful. So when you come home, you're already depleted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you create the quality time to fill yourself up again so say for example if you don't have children maybe I don't know some people love to have half a glass of wine just unwinding together because you create bond you create connection you create the safe space that you need if times of troubles arise So we're talking about micro behaviors. I'm not telling you come home and clean all the house and do all sorts of things. No, what I'm telling you is come home, acknowledge me as the woman that you love and I can do the same to you. So we recharge our batteries before the evening. You see what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Two seconds for me to make sure, you know, if I tell you, call me when you're about to leave work. I know what time you leave work. I know how long it takes you to come home. How long does it take me to run a bath for you? Ten minutes? I just have to keep an eye on the water. If I time it properly, you come home and I say, darling, I've run the bath for you. Why don't you have a bath? I'll bring you a nice drink, a nice, I don't know, cold tea, whatever, depending from the weather. And we can just chat while you have a bath. Maybe I'll give you even a back rub. How do you feel about coming home? But it took me five minutes just to keep an eye on the bath.
0: Yep, yep. Totally, you know, the person would feel loved and affectionate.
1: And so is the little, we plant little seeds every day. You know, they made an experiment recently. Uh, with couples and mm-hmm. she would literally wait for him at the door when she knew he was going to come home and just hug him, nothing more just hugging like a proper you know the hugs that last more than 10 seconds
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and then they interviewed the man just after one week and they said what's the difference and they all said I can't wait to come home to see her waiting for me and getting my hug. Something as simple as waiting for you with the big welcome smile, rather than, oh, hi, you're
0: home.
1: (laughs) Why do we love our pets so much? If you leave your dog home, when you come home, it's like party time. And we feel seen, we feel validated, we feel loved with no conditions, right?
0: Yep, totally.
1: So, how close can we get to being loved without conditions? How close can we get? Because we love the other person. It's just that we get lost in the minutes. We get lost in the moments. We get lost in, you know, oh, yeah, but I was cooking when you came home. Yep. 10 minutes. Everybody's got 10 minutes. But oh, you're building and building. You're creating rapport. You can. Show that you can discuss things that are important to the other person, and it can be something silly. It doesn't have to be something huge. Mm-hmm. But it's over time and with little micromanagement that we create amazing love stories.
0: Got it. And you know, why don't you share, you know, some success stories? You work with a lot of men uh, who have gone through, you know, the ugly side of divorce as well and they've navigated their journeys into a new life. So why don't you share one or two stories uh, for that.
1: Okay. The first thing is admit your feelings. Don't Mm -hmm. go, oh, I'm going to be fine. Oh, never mind. If you got in a relationship that was serious enough for you to either have to divorce or something like that, it means you had dreams, it means you had plans, it means you saw yourself growing old with that person. And all this now is shattered. So the first thing to do is to admit your loss and don't go, oh, yeah, no. it's not true, never mind. There are physical, biological reactions to broken hearts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So your body is telling you things are not right. And your mind cannot overcome this. This is why people trying to numb it. They try to drink. They try to go and sleep with everybody. You know, not every not every person does that. But like, the natural thing is they would eat more. They would smoke more. They would do whatever it is to soothe them, right? They do more video games, you know, they, they just try to switch off completely. But it doesn't work because your heart is telling you something. And it's not by avoiding listening to your heart that your pain will go away. So there is grief, there is anger. What is anger? I had some boundaries that were broken, you know, and it's even worse if you are the person that caused the marriage to end and of course you know i don't believe in it's just one person that did everything there were problems the problems have not been addressed and then we got consequences from the problems there's also the uncertainty there's also the loneliness that comes from probably that woman was the only one that you really opened up to and now you don't have this person that you can just Feel safe to talk to. So the marriage might have finished, but you still miss that presence. You still miss that connection. You know, you might miss the lovemaking and all that kind of things. And it's not by suppressing it, it's not by saying, never mind. It doesn't go away. You know what they say? Emotions that are buried don't die, they fester. Right? So you need to address what's going on. Now, very often the thing to do is not to talk too much to your friends and your family because within that environment you have a certain persona to maintain. So it's more difficult to you to speak openly about what you're feeling. And this is why going to a counselor, going to a coach, that kind of person. It's easier to speak to a stranger than to speak to the people that know you because they have certain expectations of you so look for someone that can support you where you feel safe where you can open up you know i had one of my clients for example he came to me and the problem in this marriage was that he could see he was older than she was and he could see that the marriage was over but not because he had someone else it was just that they grew apart They've been together like 15 years or something like that. They grew apart. She still wanted certain things. He was over that things. Then he wanted other things. So they were going in different direction. She went into a vengeance rampage because she couldn't believe that he was leaving her not for someone else, but just because the marriage wasn't working. So the only thing that she could go for was his money. And he was like, She just wants my money, that's all she wants. And he was heartbroken about that because as far as he was concerned, they had a good marriage, it was just finished. But when it was there, it was still good. Yes. And um, so what he did was, he couldn't believe that she wanted all the money. And the work we had to do is in the fact that he couldn't have made all the money had she not supported him. And so he had to revise the situation. So look at what's going on in your life. Remember, you will have a different identity now. You don't talk as we, you talk as I. And you will have to create a new relationship if you've got children. So look for help. If you don't feel you want to go to a coach or a counselor, go to your friends. Go to people that you know you can talk to without starting gossip and things like that look for help don't allow yourself to isolate yourself because sooner or later it becomes too much because you still have to perform at work you still have to do all sorts of things so this would be my first suggestions and then start looking at what is bringing up because very often the childhood wounds if i didn't feel loved when i was a child this is what will come up so work on that because you've got beautiful future waiting for you the more you work on yourself, the better relationship you can have after this one. And there is life after divorce and separation.
0: You have beautifully summarized the whole, uh, you know, journey that anybody needs to take who is coming out of divorce, be it a man or be it a woman. But, you know, I would just like to leave our listeners with a thought on this that it might be silly for you, but an act of love could be an epitome for the other person. So be silly and be in love and navigate your you know journey to finding a more nurturing and invigorating bond with your spouses. Uh, so mm-hmm. thanks a lot, Anna, for you know helping uh, our listeners navigate this particular journey of emotional strength and emotional intelligence, specifically for men, and being more. How can they be they more vulnerable and become a much more matured human? Thanks a lot, Anna, for this episode.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me.